The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. So, this podcast episode might stir up a few people, and I am sure there'll be a lot of you listening that that may not agree with what I'm going to sort of talk about during this podcast episode, because it's going to challenge a lot of your beliefs and your current practice around what you do, and specifically when you test strength with your patients on the physio bed. So no doubt if you test muscle strength with your patients, which you'll likely do with the majority of patients you see in the clinic, with the sports teams you work with, with the department that you work in and you probably use the Oxford strength classification scale. So you use that not to five scale, the same scale and the way of testing strength that you were taught at university. I don't use that type of strength testing and there's a few reasons why I'm going to discuss those on this podcast episode and explain to you what I do instead just so you can maybe think about maybe looking at you know incorporating this into your own practice and why it might be a better way to test strength and I say that sort of in inverted commas if you can do that on a podcast um, talking Um, so again to improve the practice to improve the results you're getting with your patients and I guess to start with some of the reasons that I don't like the Oxford scale is pretty much, you know, working in an MSK setting, nearly all patients are either a four or five. So you have to remember that the Oxford scale is based on neurology. It's a neurological scale. However, it is used almost exclusively. Oh, clearly it's still using neurology, um, and I get that. Um, but it's also used throughout MSK settings whether that is a sports team whether that's in a clinic whether that's in a national health service department so we're using uh, a neurological scale for msk pain patients and this causes i guess or moves us on to i guess the the other issue the other big issue really and the big reasons why 
I don't use this type of manual muscle testing is it's so easy for patients to cheat using this method. So we know patients can produce high levels of force for short periods of time, even sometimes when they're in considerable amounts of pain. And why that's a big problem is what you get if patients do this is you often get a false negative. So you test a patient, you test a certain you know position, muscle group, whatever you're testing, and they test okay. But they have got an issue there, but you've just not been able to, to identify it. And, and the reason being is that they've been able to basically cheat the test. They've been able to produce a high level of force for a short period of time, even though they have pain. So you think that muscle, that group of muscles, whatever you're testing is okay. So you move on to the next test that you're going to do. So we know that the body and the brain are a little bit more complex than that. You know that no muscle, no joint works in isolation. And no doubt you see this all the time with the patients you see in the clinic or wherever else you work, where you see patients that are able to compensate, that are coming to your clinic, having had injuries in the past, their body's adapted, they're compensating, and other joints, muscles, tendons are basically overworking. They're taking up the slack for other joints, muscles, or tendons that are not doing their fair share of the work. So you see that patient who has pain in the front of their knee. Maybe it's patellofemoral pain. Maybe it's a patella tendinopathy, quad tendon problem, whatever it may be. A problem in their shoulder, a problem in their ankle. It doesn't matter what it is. We see this all the time, particularly with overuse, insidious onset injuries, like those tendinopathy patterns as a, as a prime example. When the body has changed, how it moves usually in relation to previous injuries and causes other problems in the body. Your patient's in your clinic asking you for answers. You go through your objective assessment and part of that is your strength testing or, or manual muscle testing. And even though you maybe have been able to identify your you're relatively clear on what the diagnosis might be, for example, you know, patella tendinopathy, when you test them objectively, they don't always test how you might think. So you test those muscles around the knee, but they actually test okay. Or if they do fail a test, it's probably because they're inhibited by pain. So i.e. the pain in the front of their knee, not by actual muscle weakness. So if we, if we think logically when we're doing any form of strength testing, what we want to actually know is one of two things. Firstly, can the muscle produce force? So that's a yes or no. Can it produce force or not? And secondly, can the muscle actually grade force? So the the classic uh, or traditional way of testing using the Oxford way of strength testing will give you the answer to number one. It'll tell you whether a muscle can produce force or not. But it won't tell you whether a muscle can grade force. So to test number two and to find out if a muscle can actually produce the right amount of force for the right activity, you need to test the muscle submaximally. But nobody does this. Everyone does these maximal tests, push as hard as you can against me, can you produce force or not, and that's a pass or fail, move on to the next test. Record it as a four plus or five out of five and you move on.
But this is one of the big issues and big problems that so many therapists are missing. So that you're missing the, the almost the the boat completely. So you'll have patients in your clinic with all manner of different issues, like some of the problems I've already mentioned, particularly patients with overuse injuries, like those tendinopathy patterns, as an example. So with these patients, yes, of course you need to test whether they can produce force or not. But what's really, really important is that you're actually able to attain whether they can actually grade force. Because, again, with a lot of these patients, they have a big problem where they're just not able to actually grade muscle force. They're not able to produce the the right muscle activity for the right activity. So what you might see is a patient with back pain. You might see their erector spinae muscles just on. They're on all the time. They've not got a problem with producing force. Their erector spinae muscles are actually working almost too well. They're doing all the work, and there's probably muscles elsewhere that are not quite doing their job as well as, uh, as what we like. If you test their erector spinae, they probably test well. And if they don't, it's probably because of pain inhibition rather than anything else. But if you had a way to actually test the muscles in the back and around the back, around the hips, the muscles around the area, no doubt you would find problems and you will find problems when you do test submaximally around their inability to actually grade force. So it's not always just the ability to produce force or not. It's the ability of the body and the brain to actually produce the right amount of force for the right activity. And this, unless you test submaximally, you will never know. And this is something clearly that we're not taught at university. We're, we're taught a really basic um, method to um, assess strength. And as I've mentioned, it has some flaws in the way that we do it. And I guess you all have to think about just because we've always done something in a certain way, just because you've been taught to do something, in this case, manual mes- muscle testing in a certain way, does not always mean that it is right. So again, testing submaximally might be something that you find helpful. It certainly is in my practice, and I identify so many more issues now with the patients and athletes that I work with that I just didn't pick up previously when I use traditional muscle testing like the Oxford Strength System. So I hope that that's helpful. I, I appreciate it's probably going to challenge some of your beliefs and the way that you work. Um, but I hope it just poses some thoughts and some questions in your own head about your own practice and potentially some ideas about how you might improve what you do to improve the results you get with the patients and athletes that you work with. If you want to know a little bit more about um, the testing that I do is something called uh, motor output testing and the theory behind this different method to strength test your patients. I teach this exact method in my new grad physio membership. So if you want to find out a bit more about the membership, what it is, you can find more information at my website. So that's newgradphysio.com. Head to newgradphysio.com forward slash membership. There's a tab on there. If you head to the, the main site, It'll tell you everything you need to know uh, about my membership, about what it is, about how it can help you. And if you're interested in on you know, getting on board, want to find a bit more about the membership, then just fill in the quick application form. I can review that. And, and if you're suitable um, for a place on the membership, I'll get right back to you and let you know 
the next step. So as always, big thanks for your time, attention, for, for joining me on the podcast. I do appreciate all, any feedback, any comments, obviously any questions, just fire them uh, my way. I really appreciate as well when you sort of share the episodes, things that you found helpful with your friends, colleagues, you know, other students that maybe you're studying with at the moment. If you think it's going to help them out, if you think it's going to help them you know, become more knowledgeable, uh, improve their skill sets and ultimately improve the level of care they can give their patients or the athletes that they work with then, then share away, you know, give them the information, share the podcast with them so we can get to more and more people and ultimately do the best we can to, to improve the results we get with the patients that we work with. So just to sign out, thanks again for listening. Thanks for your time and attention and I will catch up with you next time on the next episode of the new grad physio podcast thanks for listening to the new grad physio podcast before you head off i just wanted to make sure you did not miss this alongside his podcast andy posts a weekly blog on his website www.newgradphysio.com you can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent pdf the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time, avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.